three different types of festive cheeses wearing a trench coat. <laughs> Becky. Yes, you are. And I am the lead member of Hands Face Space, the newest dance troupe taking the UK in a pandemic form by storm. Amy. <laughs> and welcome to And Then What, the podcast, the podcast all about, about stories. stories. Oh, I'm going to have to do so much Hello, editing. Hello, Amy. Hello. We I are know, extreme social distancing. <laughs> So, so extreme that Becky's actually in Glasgow and I'm in Leicestershire. We're in two different countries, but it does mean that we're recording over Zoom. So like there's, yeah. there's no sync. We tried to do a sync clap and it was a real comedy of errors. It was painful. I should say, if you're listening to this episode right after listening to the previous one, only two weeks more until the end of March 2020 lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> was that the last one we did? <laughs> yeah, I think we did it like... Because I couldn't find the date, but the reference I've put in the description is like, uh, the clocks have gone forward and we are back. Uh, we're back for that one thing. <laughs> so it must be like the end of March time. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, <sighs> hi, Becky. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? I'm so great. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm, um, I haven't been working for like five days, so I'm on top of the world right That's now. Great. You're in Glasgow. <laughs> That's exciting. Yes, things have changed quite a lot. Uh, so yeah, I, I moved to Glasgow. I moved in with the person that I was gushing about in the last episode. What's our um, code name for him again? Together. I've forgotten. Oh, I don't know. He came up with something, but I'll just call him Kevin. That's his okay, name, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> um, my niece was born. <gasps> she came into the world. She was very late, but she arrived. And I think she was quite smart to hold, <laughs> hold on for as long as possible. Just stay but nice and cosy is... in the womb and not in the dog shit fire that is out here. Exactly. Yeah. But she is an absolute treasure, joy, cherub. And I'm so excited to see what kind of person she grows into. Um, I got a pen pal. I climbed a big mountain, did a lot of writing. Uh, that's all my news. How about you? <laughs> uh, I got a job. That's, I think, my biggest Yay! thing since March. Um, I, 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 I work on a video game now. How weird's that? You have a fucking cool job. Do have a pretty cool job. Uh, I'm yeah. a producer on a video game called Sea of Thieves, uh, which is like a big pirate sandbox game. Um, <laughs> and it's a rare who are like, they used to make games for Nintendo. Goldeneye, you might have heard of Goldeneye, little game. Banjo Kazooie? Banjo Kazooie, yeah. Uh, Conquer, as in Conquer's bad, bad fur day. Yeah. Um, I really love them for the, uh, <laughs> the Diddy Kong games. So like Donkey Kong Country oh, yeah. 2 and Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> excellent games do not get enough credit um and i work there i'm a producer how cool is that yeah anyone who's not welsh amy was saying she works at rare <laughs> what did i say rare rare <laughs> i work at a farm now in the sheep division that's not related to the welsh thing before you make any jokes about it <laughs> oh i just want to say a quick thing a quick hello to my very old time friend Lindsay who uh, said to me the other day that she is totally caught up with every episode of this because she usually listens to it when she runs and now she's got nothing and I was like well got a little present for you and then you say hello Lindsay Enjoy hi Lindsay <laughs> just um, just keep going in through the nose out through the mouth that kind of <laughs> stuff all that stuff one foot in front of the other push yourself forward not up when you're running <laughs> Dig up, stupid. Anyway, hey, uh, it's really nice to be back and chatting to you and have an excuse to hang out because yeah. we do not anymore. We do at not. All. No, life uh-huh. gets in the way massively. Mm-hmm. And also, like, 
even it's it's amazing how exhausting doing nothing makes you yeah yeah remember okay. how you and i were incredibly busy people so productive um how <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um i honestly i think about who i who I used to be, and it's like so different from the person I feel like I am now. It's a bit yeah. of a of a head fuck. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, people keep saying like, "Oh, it's a pandemic." You know, you don't have to just because William Shakespeare wrote King Lear in the panda in his plague lockdown doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> it's like, well, that's great, but what if you like defined yourself for so many years by the things that you achieved, and now you are achieving nothing? Yeah, yeah. It's just hard, isn't it? One. I don't know, um, I'm projecting on you. Maybe you're not finding it hard, but Jesus Christ, I'm finding it hard. I'm just I'm just marvelling at like the concept of time and wondering how I ever had so many hours in the day yeah. and how I survived on so little sleep. Um Yeah, I just I used to get shit tons done. Um and now I'm just like, well, it's five PM, I'm not gonna do anything else now. <laughs> it's and practically bedtime. <laughs> we put the baby to bed at half seven and like I know that there's that's the time I should be writing a book or um, painting or knitting or cleaning uh, reading and then like oh, no I'm just going to sit in front of the telly and play a mini game on my phone like not even an actual good game just like I'm currently playing Project Makeover for fuck's sake it's <laughs> <laughs> it is quite genuinely uh, it's like you found it's like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy sort of you act as the Queer Eyes but um, you have to do like a match three like bejeweled blitz to earn money to do it and I've spent like 24 hours straight doing nothing but that. I did it's lose all... a lot of time to get to, to like mini mobile games yeah. in the early days of the plague. <laughs> oh yeah, for our overseas listeners, the UK is now just Plague Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one in, no one out apparently, no, but just not, send, not really. <laughs> send all your rats here and burn them. <laughs> Burning boats, it's all we deserve. Uh, oh man. Hey! Do you want to tell some stories? I've only really got the one because I figured we'd do a little bit of catching up. But you were specifically requested. You wanted something kind of positive. Yeah, so we're recording this on the 29th of December and I'm hoping yeah. to get this edited. I mean, judging by what I just said about not being productive, fuck knows if that's actually going to happen. <laughs> but I'm hoping to get it edited for so it goes out on New Year's Day. Um, mm. as like a nice New Year's treat for us all. Last year mm. we did the other year before, it was like everyone will be hungover and listening to it after all the big parties they went to. Um, everyone will be up bright and early at 7am, probably, after watching yeah. Jules Holland and then going to bed, because that's all we can fucking do at the moment. Um, well, yeah. Jules Holland didn't even be on this year. How can you Jules Holland or socially distancing? No, exactly. And I heard something about, like, showing highlights of 2020. I was like, bitch, what highlights? <laughs> Darling. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been paying attention? Yeah, I mean... You, you and I have had a relic like we've not had it easy, but compared to a lot of people, we've, <laughs> we've had a relatively okay experience. But I wouldn't call it a highlight. Oh, no, <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> I had a sit down shower. That was quite a good point for twenty twenty <laughs> for me. Um, I ate quite a lot of good biscuits. We do a biscuit highlight. Biscuits are good. What are biscuits your highlights? Are um, oh, you know what? I started playing Dungeons and Dragons finally yeah, after good. wanting to. For a really long time. So we meet online on Discord and Roll20 every Thursday. I've played two characters so far. One was... Um, people who don't enjoy D&D just switch off for the next 30 seconds. <laughs> people who do, yay! So it was like a, um, a rogue halfling called 
Tegan Toss couple, and she sure. had like a a small dinosaur pterodactyl kind of thing called Mouse. And it was lovely. And then she got petrified. She got turned into stone by a Medusa. So now I play like this kind of seven foot uh, Ganassi monk called Machencleth. And he's very, very Welsh. And when I originally planned him out, he was very... Um... <laughs> so Mac, when he's sort of like chatting to the rest of the guy, I mean, he's South Wellian, obviously, because that's all I know. Or he was naked for quite a while because he's he's not that bright. He's like a big himbo, I would call him. <laughs> but he got a bit of a sticky spot the other day um, between him and a big ice giant. Frost giant, sorry, was you like went very Bristolian then. He got out of a bit of sticky stop the other day. That wasn't Bristolian oh at God. all, but that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was right. This fucking bitch of a frost giant was like over there, and I was over here, and there was this like wall of fire between us, and I was like, Oh my oh, God. Oh, why don't you come over here? I guess some of you think you're hard enough. I've had, I've had hugs from my grandmother that were colder than you, and. <laughs> And then, and then he walked into the fire and he he, he killed himself. And I was like, phew, because I got nothing. Monks, they got no weapons. They just got their fists. And I don't have much luck when I roll. So <laughs> anyway, so that's a fun thing. That's all about stories. I don't play Some of the best stories so in Hollywood. Just, yeah, I think D&D would be something that I would really love. But I just kind of made a conscious effort that like, I have enough going on. I just... you, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other thing I read I read a thing fun. on Tumblr that was like I wish I could be um, a dungeon master or DM as the cool kids mm. call it I know um, but not have the other players involved I could just like write the narrative and someone's like dude I think that's called writing a book and I was like oh yeah that's what I'd want to do I just want to write yes. a book <laughs> I feel bad for Kevin sometimes who's our DM because he'll plan out quite a lot and then we, the Mushy Boys, is what our party is called. Because we're led by Mushy John, Mushroom Jonathan, for long. And um, we <laughs> just like, completely, like, we won't interrogate this particular person who's quite integral to this plot. Or we'll just, like, kill a whole band of people that actually we're meant to save. <laughs> we're quite a stabby bunch. Um, but yeah, I'll feel bad when he plans a thing out and then we just completely fuck it up. <laughs> because <laughs> we have no respect for the DM. We have a lot of respect for the DM. He plans some really good parties for us. So. Yeah, he can. Anyway... Yeah, we were talking about why we wanted to do positive stories. Basically, 2020 has been a shit show. 2021 <sighs> is going to be a shit show at least at the start. So I wanted to start the year on something positive. Um, yes. But have you seen all the the reports that are like there's, once the vaccine's kind of distributed and we've all got herd immunity and we can start leaving our houses again? There's a general expectation we're going to just all have like a massive roaring twenties, booze, drugs, and sex orgies style life for a good like decade to get it all this year out of our system we're just all <laughs> going to be fucking each other and drinking ourselves into oblivion basically yeah that scares me for now <laughs> i'm very anxious about being back in the world it's like but i'm sure once i get into the swing of it yeah the, swing, the swinging ah there we go god for can you remember really when you were allowed bad. to come and visit wild do you remember when i moved up wild. here and i was like it's okay we've got a spare room you can come and stay all the time and I think I've come a total of, what, three, four times? Remember yesterday was this year? <laughs> we watched that shit show this year. Fuck <laughs> me. Um, oh, God, yeah, we did. I forgot you meant the film yesterday. That was what our last podcast was mainly spent doing, wasn't it? It was getting really angry Just yesterday. Just slagging off. Such a bad a film. Of... Apparently there's a good fan theory on the fan theory subreddit that the plot of yesterday is actually 
Ed Sheeran's real life experience. <laughs> <laughs> Accepted canon. I like it. <laughs> I didn't know there was a fan theories Reddit, and I really need to get on that. It sounds oh, exactly you gotta get my on. bag. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> hey, what story you got today? Yeah, should I tell a fucking story? Jesus. Um, Go for it. Becky, I am telling the story of Richard Montanez from California. Um, oh. Just an aspiring story about... Um, it's just a nice just a nice story. Just a thing that made me think, oh, I'm, I'm happy for Richard Montanez. Good on him. Good. Um, and mine, I kind of don't want to spoil too much of it, but it's about, like, things done during lockdown and i'm gonna just call it the joy of text i'm gonna go first because yours feels like an end yours feels like a finisher a finisher okay finisher. <laughs> talk you okay? i've had a moment where i'm like should i say the thing that i'm thinking or not what's that i'm gonna say it it's a bit rude just aware okay. that people i know listen to this podcast but let's go for it anyway um talking <laughs> of being a finisher uh I stumbled accidentally into the world of Reddit porn the other day, um, and wow, there are a lot of there's a lot of porn on Reddit. Were you aware? No, I've been I'm, I've barely dipped my toe into Reddit. I think because I came off Twitter for a while. For <laughs> <laughs> but I like I came off Twitter for a while because it was just too much, and then um, I, I replaced it with Reddit. And yeah, barely barely there's so much. I'm gonna send you some subreddits, but the Thank one that you. made me think there's one called. Um, so I, I kind of discovered that there was all these Reddit porn threads and I was like, the fuck is like, whoa, there's so many of them. And some of them I didn't really understand what they were. But there's one called Girls Getting the Job Done. Oh. Which is... <laughs> Hi, Mum. <laughs> not I... to say that my mum is a girl who get No, I mean, she probably... <laughs> I'm not disparaging her abilities. But also, I don't want to think about them. But I don't want other people to think about them either. Oh, hey, Patty. Um, <laughs> no, I just, but I kind of appreciate that. And like, in terms of, there's loads of like, I don't know, cum sluts and fucky slutty shitty titty <laughs> and stuff like that. But then you've got girls getting the job done, and I'm like, oh, that's quite wholesome. Like they're recognising that it's work and they're appreciating them for it. It's a wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, what is it that? What's a chops? What's a chops? In Sex and the City, he said, like they don't call it a job for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I ju- yeah, I just thought like in in this weird kind of fifteen minutes I spent in a, a gog at the variety and types of porn <laughs> that there were on Reddit, I just thought that was quite wholesome. Ah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a finisher. If you're going to get the job done, Becky, then I think I'll start. I'll get the job done at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you see why I had that moment where I was like, I don't know if I should say this. Should I? I know. Like, I, I had a quick listen back to the previous episode that we did and saw that it had like over a thousand listens. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I thought a thousand people have heard me like just gush in a, in a very genuine, sincere way about the person I love. And I'm like... Oh, who who makes up that audience though? Like, is it? Because I know some people from work listen to this, and I know that they know him. I'm like, are they going to be like, oh, you fucking love your boyfriend? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know. But also, they'll have probably heard, like, Lindsay has heard me say terrible things. <laughs> are you twelve? Like, oh my god, people know I have feelings and that I'm in love with this great man. Ugh. <laughs> 
I was thinking about Lindsay's probably heard us talk about some really like I mean to be fair Lindsay and I have also talked about some really gross things in the past as well so actually no I'm not too bothered about that the first time we ever met properly you we spotted that someone was taking pictures of us across the room at a really fancy PR event and started miming giving a blowjob that was the very first time I met you the second time I met you we had a really in-depth conversation about pegging oh so in-depth so in-depth really about getting that job done um (laughs) But like also, again, a really wholesome conversation. So this is just what we're like when we talk to each other. And yeah, maybe it doesn't match our personalities outwardly. I'm not this filthy outwardly, I don't think, like to other people. Just you bring it out in me. Yeah, I feel like something clicked when we met and it was like, oh, this is that person to me. (laughs) Yeah. Should I tell us my story? Anyway. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> this is a thread I found on Twitter, which is always the best source of stories. Um, mm-hmm. And it's by um, Ankith Harathi, mm-hmm. uh, who is the co-founder and CEO of Macro HQ, which is apparently a customizable interface for Zoom. Ah, well, there you go. That's nice. But I like the story that he told. So, you ready? Richard Montanez grew up in Cucamonga Valley, California. I probably mangled all that, I'm sorry. But he was sharing a one-room cinder block hut with 14 family members. Uh, he dreaded school, barely able to speak English. He'd cry to his mother as she was getting him ready. And when asked, all the other students would eagerly shout out their dream jobs, like astronaut, doctor, race car driver. Richard had nothing to say. And there's a quote, there was no dream where I came from. Oh. He dropped out of school in the fourth grade and took odd jobs at farms and factories to help make ends meet. And then, some years later, in 1976, a neighbour let him know of a job opening for a factory janitor at the Frito-Lay plant down the road. And it was $4 an hour, um, and it was more than he had ever made. Was that your tummy? That was my tummy, I'm so sorry. Did you hear the word Frito-Lay and just start, ooh, I want some crisps? (laughs) I think I literally started thinking about crisps. So, so like, this might be the longest period of time I've not had food in <laughs> the last six like days. 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> my, my stomach is like a dog that's just had, like, a crisp packet rustle. <laughs> it's just there. Um, Frito-Lay plant down the road. And it was $4 an hour, and it was more than he had ever made. Um, and as he was getting ready for his first day of work, his grandfather pulled him aside. He said, make sure that floor shines and let them know that a Montanez mocked it. Nice. So Richard made it his mission to be the best janitor Frito-Lay had ever seen. He spent his off time learning about the company's products, manufacturing, marketing and more. And he even asked salesmen to tag along and watch them sell. Um, now, side note here. I'm not saying that like everyone should emulate this. I'm not into the whole like lean-in, girl-boss culture, like fuck mm. that. Um, capitalism doesn't care about you. If you don't want to do this much <laughs> in your work, if you want to turn up, do your work and get the job done and like do a good job while you're there, but then... Like go home that's that's fine don't feel guilty about that um but i just like that he was so passionate about this it's just nice like good on richard yeah. for being so passionate and putting all that effort in that's that's always commendable so mm. then in the mid 1980s so like about a decade after richard had started working there frito lay started to struggle the ceo announced a new initiative to all 300,000 employees act like an owner trying to empower mm. them to work more creatively and efficiently and montanez paid attention he listened so then he called the office um and obviously like so there's like a conversation here mr enrico's office who is this it's richard montanez in california 
You're the VP overseeing CA. Oh, no, I work at the Rancho Cucamonga plant. Oh, so you're the VP of Ops? No, I work inside the plant. You're the manager? No, I'm the janitor. Aww. Just how that went. Um, the CEO at this point got on the line, and loving the initiative, he told Richard to prepare a presentation and set a meeting in two weeks' time. So Richard ran to the library, picked up a book on marketing strategies, and started prepping. And two weeks later, he entered that boardroom. He took a moment to kind of catch his breath, and he started telling mm-hmm. them what he'd learnt about Frito-Lay in the decade he'd been there, and the idea he'd been working on. I saw there was no product catering to Latinos. On the sales trips he shadowed, he saw that in Latino neighbourhood, Lay's, Fritos, Ruffles and Cheetos were stocked right next to a shelf of Mexican spices, but Frito-Lay had nothing spicy or hot. The Latino market was ready to explode, Montanez explained. Inspired by Ilote, or Ilote, a Mexican street corn covered in spices, Richard had created his own snack, and then he pulled out a hundred plastic baggies. He had taken Cheetos from the factory and coated them in his own mix of spices. He had sealed the bags with a clothing iron and hand-drawn a little logo on each one. The room went silent, and after a few moments, the CEO spoke. Put that mop away, you're coming with me. So Richard Montanez had just invented Flaming Hot Cheetos. It became one of the most successful launches in Frito-Lay history, and they went on to be a viral pop culture sensation. Richard became a VP and amassed a $20 million fortune. Fucking hell, that's amazing. I just love that story. I love, and yeah, like Richard Montaner is obviously amazing. Like he deserves that 20 million fortune. He worked his Uh ass off. Um, But also like, can you imagine in so many worlds, a CEO getting a phone call from a janitor and just getting told to fuck off. The fact that CEO actually listened, (laughs) like this is what we need. When we talk about diversity and inclusion and we talk about breaking down systemic barriers, we Mm -hmm. just need to listen to anybody like and not judge people and think, yes, okay, maybe the janitor can have an idea as good as, someone who's got a marketing degree I don't know like he had lived experience and it's listening to that experience 100% what is it um so something we've been talking about a lot in my job recently is I like diversity is something you can count but inclusivity is something you can feel yeah there's a definite difference between that they say like yeah we we have x number of latino staff but actually the, the inclusiveness of listening to someone's idea who isn't isn't a manager isn't a store manager isn't a vp or whatever um, who doesn't have a degree but has a really fucking good idea and just understands the product, understands the audience. That's so good. I love that story. I love it. It's amazing. Isn't it nice? It just, it kind of made me warm. And I'm not saying to everyone, so now in 2021, if you don't go and invent Flaming Hot Cheetos, you're a fucking loser. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's nice. And I kind of want to take the energy of both Richard Montanez but also the CEO into 2021 with me. Listen to people, yes. be creative be interested be interested in stuff hmm. yeah authentically interested in what the other person has to say and bring to the table i like it and just what you're doing as well like i don't want to stop half-assing stuff i'm reading a book and i don't like it it can fuck off I'm watching a film and i don't like it i'm just not gonna oh i like that that's yeah. cool <laughs> just like also i watched souls this morning which if you haven't watched you should really watch it's I great have. and yeah great. and the whole thing about just living your life like 22 spark yeah. was from for life itself and isn't that all how we should live our life? Like just trying to be interested and enthusiastic about as much of it as we possibly can. You can't be enthusiastic about everything. Like I still hate doing the dishes, but you know, <laughs> maybe I could listen to an excellent piece of music while I'm doing those dishes. Same. I think you can uh, you can tell when there's like a podcast series or a Netflix series that I'm suddenly really into because I will 
volunteer more time in the kitchen. <laughs> I'll just take my laptop in there and be like, oh, I'll do the washing up or I'll cook dinner for the next week. <laughs> just want to get through the crown or get through this podcast about the crown or Dolly Parton. <laughs> I don't know if you know, there's a podcast called Fear Itself with Cressida Bonus. Oh, I'm not aware of this. It's the one I've been working on. Oh, fucking hell. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I haven't been talking about it a huge amount. Um, it's one I started producing before I got the full-time job and then kind of did some tidying up on it towards the end. But it's, yeah, ah. you don't have to listen to it. But I just, you know, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, if I plug my one as well. Yeah, go for it. Cool. Uh, it's called Challenging. It's by Shelter. And um, it's about a small project in Birmingham that um, did really fucking well. Basically just, um, it's the concept was the best people to help people out of homelessness is people who have been homeless. And uh, it's just fucking great. And I spent about a month just doing a Birmingham accent around the flat <laughs> as a result, <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> but it is wonderful. And it's very easy to find. Just look for Challenging Bear Shelter and you shall find it. What is fear itself about? I listened to Challenging. It came out a while ago, didn't it? Like uh, Back in like... Yeah, yeah around like from summer. Like, yeah, sort yeah, of like it was fantastic. And I love the idea oh. that like the, pe- the best people to help are the people who've been through it. Fear itself, <laughs> you asked, is about um, so uh, Cresta just talks to various people about their fear. So the first series, which I didn't work on, had like Dynamo talking about his fear of performing magic. Yeah, the second one has got Chris McCausland, who's the UK's possibly in the world's only deaf comedian, blind comedian. Sorry. Oh no! Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah he's great. He's been on uh, Cat's Down, and he got the like nine. The, the conundrum at the end um, awesome. he says it's like his proudest moment ever how the fuck do you play <laughs> countdown one blind like honestly i would like to watch that episode that sounds really it's interesting. really it's really great i'm just like in awe of him i can't even do it when i'm looking at the letters if you were going to do an episode of fear itself what would you talk about my fear um it's the people people i love leaving me um mm. yeah i think it's people i love leaving me and like I think a lot of my general mental health problems come from that because I'm, I'm so terrified that if I'm not perfect then everyone will leave me basically so that's cheery what would yours be <laughs> I think um I would be I'd probably talk about uh like my mum I think and just the fear that uh you know one day she won't be here anymore and I think that's going to be uh horrifically sad for me Mm. this year has been particularly horrid because I've just like a couple of years ago I made a resolution to see my family more regularly I really stuck to that like I would there would be a point at least once a month where I would see one of my close relatives and stuff and that was great and then this year's just that's all gone out the window yeah and it's been horrid for both of us um but yeah so I feel like time's being robbed from me a little bit and that's quite scary I get but, that. you know, we, we talk to each other a lot. And uh, the family WhatsApp group is popping. Um, we've basically just changed, you know, it's it's the Clio family group now. Like, with the picture is of, of my niece. Uh, we have, like, a daily round of what vegetable is Clio eating. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's good. It's good weaning. Uh, yeah. Um, what vegetable is but, she eating today? Uh, we haven't actually had one food today, but I think the most recent one... Oh, she had quite an interesting mix. It was like, uh, I think spinach and something. I can't remember. But um, yeah, she's she's a happy little baby plowing away. She, she's had a kiwi before I've had a kiwi. Um, you never had a kiwi? I've never had a kiwi. 
Which I'm aware is a fruit, not a vegetable. But hey, do you, do you, did you know how pineapples grow? <laughs> they grow out of the ground, so, don't they? Like you think they grow yeah. on trees and they grow out of the ground. It was um, so I've been doing a local veg box and I received a branch of sprouts and I was like, what the living fuck? <laughs> I've never once in my life considered how sprout they look like one of these big jingle bell they stick do, things. Yeah. And then someone else on Reddit was like, wait till you see how pineapples have grown. And I'm like, holy shit. Did you post about your sprouts on Reddit? I I did. (laughs) And I was like, you know, just um, what a fucking idiot I am for never once considering (laughs) how these things grow. And, you know, lots of people. Then I I ended up getting some very good recipes for for how to make sprouts not taste like sprouts. (laughs) What, what what, What did you do? I uh, just fry them up with a ton of bacon and pine nuts. That's the main one, yeah. I like making, <laughs> if you're a bit for vegetarians, um, you can make a sprout gratin. Ooh, okay. So just like sprouts and a shitload of cheese and some mustard. It's good. It's and cheese. also sprouts with, I had another idea that I've completely forgotten. Oh, oh cauliflower cheese. Sprout and cauliflower cheese is really good as well. Oh, hot damn. Okay, I'm going to try that. With sometime. bacon on top. Oh. With, obviously with bacon. <laughs> Um, wow, tangent. <laughs> Would you like to hear my story? Never say that we don't stick to the topic. Go for it, Becky. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I've kind of, this is not the title of the story, but I've just called it The Joy of Text, and that will become Hevident shortly. Let me just move you. Hevident. Watch Lot of the Crown. Okay, so this is um, a very wholesome Guardian article written by someone called Tim Jones. He's a Guardian journalist. Just a scan of all the articles he's written before. He tends to write quite positive, nice, heartwarming stuff. So if that is the kind of stuff you're into, definitely look uh, his way. Lots of entertainment things. He's got quite a lot of followers on Twitter. So yeah, that's not really a marker of a good person, but he seems like to, you know, to be geared towards good things. So thank you, Tim, for bringing this article into my life and highlighting this very lovely, wholesome thing. So... I'm not going to read the headline or the the little blurb at the beginning because I feel like it's going to give some stuff away and I want to see like I'm we there's a there's a bit of an age difference between you not a huge one but a little one and I'm wondering if this sort of pop culture information will have sort of been in your childhood as much as it was in mine so should the government ever need to hire a reading czar to raise the country's literacy skills then they should look no further than Tony Mortimer Amy, do you know who Tony Mortimer is just on that? Okay, I'm going to give you an audio clue and listeners play along. Amy, who is Tony Mortimer? Did he sing that song? He certainly wrote it um, oh. from the band East 17. Oh, uh, uh, yes. That was, yeah, that song was like, that has been on Christmas playlists for years and years. It was on, I remember there was a good like five year span where any funeral I went to, that song was played at the funeral. He, he wrote it for his brother who who completed suicide uh, many years ago. But it is, it's, and because I think because it has bells in it, it's been included in Christmas playlists for some reason because they wear big white fluffy coats in the video. I sure. don't know. But um, no, E17, if you're not aware of them, dear listeners, uh, get on it. It's, it's an iconic piece of UK music, 90s 
um amazingness. No, I, I know of East 17 here. Yeah, I just didn't know. I think I know what you're gonna say, and I think it is wholesome AF, so keep going. Oh good, I'm so excited. Okay, so <clears throat> so yeah, uh the government should look no further than Tony Mortimer. Sure, Tim writes. The former East 17 star has made it until almost 50 years of age without ever reading a novel. Perhaps almost not 50. ideal couldn't. 50, and he's never read a novel in full. No, until I, East 17 are almost 50. Yeah. Fuck. Carry on. I know. <laughs> Amy's indignantly drinking her cup I'm, of something. I'm soured now. Continue. <laughs> um, perhaps not ideal credentials for the role, but listening to him talk about the wonder of books and the journey he's been on since picking up the first one last March is such a pleasure that I'm convinced he could sweep anyone along. Mortimer is emblematic of the reading boom brought on by lockdown this year. Bloomsbury reported its best half-year profits in more than a decade, and his social media post documenting his new hobby made national headlines with sweet, awestruck tweets, awestruck tweets, that's hard, uh, that prove to people that you're never too old to embark on a new life-enriching project. And then uh, a little quote from Tony here, which is quite lovely. I, I don't know what he sounds like, so I'm not going <laughs> to... Do it in the style of Owen Wilson. I love your own <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Books are just pure escapism, aren't they? <laughs> he marvels down the phone from his home in Essex. Owen Wilson via Essex. Um, the plot twists, the descriptions, the metaphors. It engages your imagination like no other medium. It makes your worries disappear. I'm like, oh, Tony. <laughs> um, a love of words is not a new thing for Mortimer. As the founder of, of one of the 90s biggest boy bands, his songs have sold more than 20 million copies. The Christmas classic Stay Another Day, as you just heard, about a subject as heavy as his brother's Ollie's suicide, yet cleverly easy to interpret as a simple love song too, earned him an Ivan Novello Award. The man has won an award for his songwriting! And he never read a book in full until now. I love that. Um, but he says he never felt he had the time nor the concentration to sit down with a full book until lockdown struck. I don't know about anyone else, but I definitely had the opposite. Same. I, <laughs> I really struggled to read. read. Yeah. No. I think, like, the last few weeks, I've managed to, like, find the time and headspace again. But in pretty much for most of the pandemic, it was just I would look at my, my uh, like, professional screen while being distracted by my small screen. And then I would have my big reward screen at the end of the day. <laughs> That's about it. I couldn't do anything else. Anyway. Um, but good for Tony that he went the other direction. Uh, back to the article he wishes he'd made the discovery sooner at school he says there was too much peer pressure to not bother especially for boys uh, classic story there um, but with nothing else to occupy him during lockdown he decided to give novels a go he picked up Eva Pola's Secret of Secrets of the Greek Revival um, have you read that? no I, I have not sounds like an intense um, one to start with yeah he says he fancied it because he fancied reading something about ghosts so I know nothing else other than it's about ghosts. Although he worked out their ending early on, he decided to plough on just so he could say that he'd read something. I was knackered by the end, he laughs, but it gave me a sense of massive accomplishment. I was really proud of myself and I thought, I enjoyed that. I'm going to try some more. Would you like to take a stab at how many books Tony Mortimer has read, E17's Tony Mortimer has read during lockdown? When did he start? I guess at the bit, so I guess March, I suppose. 75. Very close, 70. <laughs> Mortimer has now read an impressive 70 books. His latest, a young adult book about time travel. He tells me that his record is seven hours of reading in a single day. Although I did put some fencing down too. I wasn't just sitting on my arse all day. 
<laughs> his daughter Atlanta introduced him to the books app on his phone, which he says has changed my world. I've got hundreds of books from that. He rattles off a list of what he's read so far. Harry Potter, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and several works by that J.R.R. Tolkien fella. He likes fantasy stories, but also a good thriller, with Agatha Christie a particular favourite. Oh God, she's a genius, he says. She is. You just cannot work out who it is. She absolutely is. Um, the the course tutor um, of this crime writing course I did uh, a couple of months ago, he loves Christie, loves Agatha Christie. And where is she? Patricia Highsmith, off of The Town of Mr. Ripley, says yeah. that they're like peak crime. <laughs> um, yes, so Agatha Christie. He recently read her mystery novel, And Then There Were None, which yep. left him astonished. Um, I haven't read it. You recommend it? I recommend every book by Agatha Christie. Just Talking To You Now has brought me back to the island where it's set. I can see the house and all these people again. It forces you to use your imagination, which is the most powerful thing you have. Yes, Tony! <laughs> um, Mortimer's not stopping at just reading. In a plot twist, Christie herself would surely be proud of. He's recently started working on his own debut novel, an adventure story for young adults that he hopes his 17-month-old grandson will grow up to read one day. I've got tens of thousands of words, but they're all over the place at the moment, so I'm trying to get them into some order, he says. I'm making it all up as I'm going along. He set himself the challenge of writing 500 words a day, very achievable, and is getting together three chapters and a synopsis to shop around after talks with an agent. What's he learnt so far? Write what you want, he says. Don't be scared. It's your story. If you want a fire-breathing dragon coming out of your chimney, then do it. Mortimer is especially proud of his year of reading and writing because of where he's come from. A working-class kid from East London, he was sent to handwriting classes as a young boy because his parents wanted to switch him from left to right-handed. I had to learn to control my letters and write all over again, he says. I was so messy, so there's an irony in me becoming a writer. I hope it sets an example. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't write. Music has taken a backseat while Mortimer masters his new challenge. Amy's Amy's verklempt. Um, to be honest, everything's on the back burner, he says. I'm finding that the more you get into books, the more you get into how books are constructed, the more difficult it becomes. However this latest chapter turns out, the way Mortimer's made the most out of a terrible year should be an inspiration to us all. That's just... Ah, oh, Tony. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading his young adult adventure. Because, yeah, he's he's a famous person. He will definitely get picked up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. I do, I do love that. Um, there aren't enough... And I mean this with absolute sincerity. Like, there aren't enough stories about fire-breathing breathing dragons coming out of chimneys. Mm-hmm. Any more. Like, for adults, you know? I don't just yeah. mean... I just want, like... I don't know. We, we should have more fun with our books. Hey, what stories have you been absorbing in the last nine months? <laughs> I think I've watched all of telly. Um, we yes. went through a period of watching as many rock films as possible. Just rock we were like, films? Like The Rock. Ah. <laughs> Not geology films, but films with Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. Because they're all just like this delightful mix of, they're really stupid but really fun. Um, yeah. There's one about animals that get turned into like really big animals, <laughs> and then they eat everything, and he has to stop them. And he's got um, a giant gorilla pal that gives him the finger, and it's just lovely. It's just uh-huh. so stupid. A lot of people die. Do- it makes me so happy. Do you want Jumanji two? Such a good film. Such a good film. Jumanji one <laughs> is really recommend Jumanji. Um, he's yeah, he's just so charming. He's just charming. Very charming man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have watched sensible stuff. 
<laughs> I can't think of any of it now, obviously. And Big Big Mouth season four, which I don't know if you've yes. watched Big Mouth, but um, I have. I really appreciate what it's doing. Yeah, with Missy, that's so great. Well, not just with Missy, but like I appreciate like the Jenny Slate was like hmm, maybe I shouldn't be voicing a mixed race character, but um, also like the way that they talk about bisexuality and um, anxiety, the way that they had the anxiety mosquito and the gratitude. Oh, so good, the gratitude! Oh I've, my god, I've been using the gratitude, and God, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> like just thinking of things I'm grateful for and saying it out loud it helps so nice oh, yeah I love these sort of these new characters that get introduced as the characters develop so mm. yeah the anxiety mosquito which I felt like for someone whose anxiety is really shot through the roof this year and I I hadn't clocked onto it until a particularly nasty episode and I was like oh maybe this is what it is that was really nice to see reflected but I do like I'm slightly concerned about when Connie says She's like really them off like depression, kitty, anxiety, mosquito, self-harm, hippopotamus. And Jessie's like, what? She's like, oh, no, don't worry. But obviously, like, tell me if they turn up, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, fucking hell. We're going to go to some pretty dark places in the next series. But good, I just want to talk about, um, for a moment, Connie as well as Maya Rudolph. Because when uh, she started, she's like pure sex kitten and like seductress and she's amazing. Mm. But as she, as the series developed and she'd become, like she, she has to be a mother. She has to yes. be a scared teenager. She has to be a sex kitten. She has to be like a horny teenager screwing around with Maury. She has to be clueless. She has to be knowledgeable. And she does it and she switches it all perfectly while keeping Connie as a consistent character. Maya Rudolph, man, she like, she deserves everything. Just everything. Mm. All the accolades. She's such a good actor. She's amazing. She's amazing. Just, and hilarious. Can I tell you some things I've been... I've, no, I've managed I just want to talk about myself. <laughs> yeah, go for I've it. managed to narrow it down to two things. So one is this very good crime book I'm reading called The Lost Man by Jane Harper, which is set in the in a very remote part of the Australian outback. And um, it's it's basically like where like, the setting is, is a weapon. Like, it's so harsh. It's in the middle of the summer. It's like nearly Christmas. Um, and uh, the middle brother of this three brother family who own quite a lot of the land and the farming land out there um, is found dead in the middle of like a really remote part trying to find basically he's spent 24 hours with no water no food um, basically trying to find shade in this tiny little gravestone and the opening chapter is just so incredible because it basically it starts out really really wide like looking at like the bird's eye view of this part of the outback and then you go in and in and in and like your the your mind's eye camera zeroes in when you realize that this like kind of broken circle in the dust around the gravestone has actually been caused by the guy who's been following the shadow around and then has eventually died and then there's this huge mystery because he knows the outback really well he he abandoned his car left all of his water and supplies in there and nobody knows why no one can figure out and then all these things are like slowly being revealed throughout the night it's a good good onion peel peeling back i love that slowly slowly and it's excellent um so i highly recommend that and then uh the other thing i really recommend is a podcast that i think i saw somebody recommend to you on twitter and i don't know if you started listening yet but i certainly started listening to it off the back of someone recommending it to you is who, who shit on the, on the floor, floor of my wedding <laughs> It's so funny. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but like the way, essentially, it's it's like cereal, but about a thing that is so silly 
<laughs> it's, it's a lie detector test in I think the second or third episode where uh, they uh, they they use like one of those lie detector machines and they uh, establish that no the chief bridesmaid did not shit on the floor at the wedding but she does think about horses in a sexual way she's attracted to horses yeah, to horses, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's wonderfully well done um yeah the so the, the two brides it's it two two years after this wedding has happened and somebody shit um on the floor in the and toilet then, uh, but like not in the toilet like by yeah, the toilet, like cubicle door near the near the bowl with a Crazy. random man who just spent the evening in the in the woman's toilets like, having chips brought, having chips to, brought him. to him like standing mm. at the sinks but my, my biggest question about this is how did he not see a person shit on the floor? Exactly. Exactly. Questions that need to be door. answered. Like it was <laughs> How did how did he not see them shit on the floor? But then it's and he, he was very quick to clean it up as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. As soon as someone else noticed, he was like, Oh, I'll get that. But okay, uh, yeah. but we don't know. We don't know if Hank did it. We don't know if Becky. Emma did it. We don't know Yeah. If so <laughs> if someone had <laughs> shat on the floor at my wedding, would yeah. you have cleaned up? Oh, like, oh, would I have? I might have tried to find someone to do it. I might have like tried to tell a member of staff and been like, I think I think somebody shat on the floor at Amy's wedding. <laughs> um, and then I probably would have told everyone because I I was I, I was hanging around with Hannah quite a lot that night, especially at the pub quiz. Well, I'd like where where like, what point of your wedding? Oh, I don't, any, do, I don't do you know. Picture this happening. Because there was, there was like, God, imagine if someone had done it like on the carpet bit at the actual ceremony. That would have been yeah, awful. That would have been bad. Like, got right That's in what there. I thought when they said shout on the floor at my wedding initially, I thought it would be like in the reception, just in the middle of yeah. the floor. Someone in That's a, quite like, a bold move. Shitting in the middle of the floor. But... I know. If it I would definitely the clean afterwards. up. I would definitely clean up shit on the floor at your wedding. Particularly, they said it was like hard nuggets of shit. It's not like diarrhea. It's like picking no, no, up. No, no, exactly. With, with toilet the... paper hands. I think I'm very desensitized to shit now, though, after 15 months of Taryn. Like, I've had shit everywhere on me. It's fine. Anyway, what were we talking about? I really feel we should just put this podcast up unedited. (laughs) It's what the people want. What the people want. When I say the people, I mean my mum and maybe Lindsay, because this, how long has this been running now? So this gives her, what, like an hour in which to run. Lindsay can clear like 10k in an hour, I'm sure. She's very strong and powerful. (laughs) (laughs) she's very strong and powerful like an ox you know she can just (laughs) just keep going like if Lindsay and i were to ever get into a physical fight it would be over very quickly because she would kill me (laughs) i would be dead in a fight out of you and me oh you do you think yeah you're very strong no, I've I've not really. I've my my exercise has been really inconsistent this year for reasons. Um, Mine has been non-existent for thirty years. So, I don't. I feel like you've got a lot more rage than I do. I do. This is what I, I feel was like. Thinking. You channel like, it. It depends if I was properly angry at you. If like the Welsh came out in me, but otherwise, yeah. and I being just you know English and and sad. And be like, <laughs> You're also would... foot taller than me though. This is true. Um, and I'm but very, easy to push I'm over, very fat. So if you could push me over, I might just like flail around on my back, unable to get up for a while. This is true. You but if you could, if you could get on top of me and pin me, that's true. I could just I'm weigh gone. you down like Hulk's hammer. Thor's yeah, hammer there we go. Hulk. <laughs> Listeners, write in, tweet anyway. us, at, and then what pod? Uh, who do you think would, who would want to fight? fight? Out of me and Becky. 
<laughs> is that the title for the episode? Yeah. There we go. Becky, what are your goals for the next 12 months? I'm not saying resolutions, because resolutions are bullshit. What are your goals? I do need to think about this, because Kevin has done all of his. He wrote out a colour-coded uh, bingo sheet um, of goals for the next year, all of which are very, very achievable. Um, but not not to say that they're not hard, but they they will be totally achievable. For me, um, probably read more and write more, I think. I've submitted a thing to a thing and if I get accepted onto the thing then that will mean I will definitely write a lot more this year which is exciting um so fingers crossed that I get onto the thing um but yeah that's I guess that's that's an easy enough goal how about you um so I've been thinking about like what I want to happen like in my life what what I want to do in my life like what changes I want and then trying to think of smart goals to achieve them um Leaving the creative world and going back into like pure production has really made. I've got I've got a Trello board for me and Gary and housework and everything. Like it's really kicked <gasps> my organisational skills back into gear. But I'm I'm currently in the process of fine tuning my goals. But at the moment I've got so like I want to write again. So I've got like finish my book. To I want to cook more. So cook fifty two new things. I figured that's one a week. Ooh. Um exercise a hundred times which is just under twice a week and if I don't achieve that I genuinely should just walk into a river because that is pathetically achievable (laughs) Um, yeah so that's kind of where I'm at where I am I'm trying to figure out what I want and then things I can do that would help me achieve that goal nice and I'm gonna put it in my bullet journal and I'm gonna track it and it's gonna be cool (sighs) (laughs) did you what was that sigh for? What my life has become. Aw, oh, dude. <laughs> but yeah, those hey, are my goals. Know, Sorry, We're go alive and we are... We've got roofs. We've got our loved ones. We are God. comparably incredibly lucky people. Um, that doesn't mean that we can't find it hard because this year has been horrible and hard and just because someone else does, has it worse doesn't mean that you shouldn't find it hard, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, other people's totally. suffering doesn't get your own. However... Use the gratitude and uh, the gratitude. The gratitude. Um, <laughs> think about yeah, what 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 you have to be grateful for and what you have to be thankful for, and and hold on to it like a life buoy that will keep you bobbing along until the vaccine gets distributed and we can see people again and go back to living life in a healthy and happy way again. Yeah. Wow, did I'm I become grateful. really fucking wise this year? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> uh, what are you grateful for? Um, because of Big Mouth, I now hear my tampons talk, and they're like, "Hey, I'm Mark." I'm like, <laughs> "Get in there, Mark." <laughs> Do you hear Kevin's penis talk in a Long Island accent, though? <laughs> no, that would definitely speak in like a Coatbridge accent. I'm sure. A Coatbridge um, accent. Co- oh, Coatbridge, which is oh. a, a part of Glasgow. It's at Cowbridge, um, which is where my nan is from in Cardiff. And that would be terrifying. Uh, a Scottish man if, with a Cardiff accented penis. Yeah. I was just, it does make... Hmm, I know I'm going to have dreams now about <laughs> talking penises and just being surprised by where they're all from, um, considering the people they're attached to, <laughs> which will be fun. There's a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm now thinking, like, what would Ian McKellen's penis sound like? Write in, tell us. 
Um, I feel like all but boulders are Kristen Wig, though. Yeah, every boulder is Kristen Wig. Hey, girl! Hey. Just so, just girlish and happy, and really leaning into it, and just you know, enthusiastic and excitable, and yeah, encouraging. Mine less so after the second degree tear, but it's like Kristen Wig who's seen some shit now. But, yeah, a bit world weary. Yeah. The one in from, I'm guessing Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, when she turns what, into a cheetah, you saying that my vagina is a cheetah? I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just led into it. I don't know. I, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Shall we? Wrap so, it up. right, what are we writing in? So, write in to tell us. What Who'd... accent would Ian McKellen's penis have? What accent would Kim McKellen's penis have? What accent would your vulva have? Mm-hmm. And who would win in a fight out of me and Becky? Who would win in a fight out of me and Amy? I feel pretty confident, I know. <laughs> but I'm interested to, to hear people think about this tactically. I could fight you, Becky, because I love you too much. Aw, Amy. Aww. I love you too. And I'm going to use that against you in a fight. <laughs> Um, I need to go wake this little dude up. Oh, hey, little dude. Aww. His head's there. I realise that's quite hard to make out. That's his head. That's his arm. That's his sleeping Amy's bag. Amy's showing me a picture of Gary's penis. <laughs> <laughs> her baby, her baby. She's showing me a picture of her baby. That's, what I, that's what I call his penis. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a camera trained on it at all times. Um, <laughs> oh, Sorry. I miss you so much. I miss you too. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, um, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find us at And Then What Pod on all the platforms we care about. And if you want to send us an email, because I checked the inbox just before this, and it's pretty much all just aside from that one that we posted about earlier in the year. Yeah, it's all just like solicitations from people trying to get us to spend money with them, and we don't have I mean, any money. We have none. We have give, no us, money. give us some money and then we'll spend it with you. Yeah, give us money. Um, but yeah. Uh, but if you want to email us something, just email us something. Um, that'd be nice. And I'll actually check the emails. Occasionally. And that is andthenwhatpod at gmail.com. Okay. Oh. Are we going to do another one this year? I say let's not make any promises about when that'll be, but we should definitely do another one. That could be a goal. I think we should do. Whoa, that's lots. We should do that. um i'm gonna write you an outro oh shit yeah yeah we do that remember stay there (laughs) that was and then what presented by amy jones and becky brynolf theme music by gary jones logo by penny whitehouse this episode was brought to you by flaming hot cheetos the official symbol of good business practice everywhere won't you stay another day in your feckin' homes where you can keep yourself and everyone else safe? Read a feckin' book. We recommend an Agatha Christie. Hold your loved ones close in your heart and keep going. You can do this. It won't last forever. We promise. And we encourage you all to take a moment to think not just about who would voice your genitals, but who has you as the voice of theirs. Personally, <laughs> I think I'm the voice of Remy Malik's left testicle. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> and you are the voice of the left testicle, not me. Oh, you are the voice. Of the-